0: Hi, and welcome to episode number 10 of Slot Leader, where we try to bridge the gap between the world of traditional finance and the world of blockchain technology. I'm your host, Umed Saidoff, and in this podcast, we have a special guest from the Cardano community who's trying to build an app that has uh, a real potential with a real use case. So stay tuned. This is going to be a very interesting episode. As always, I would like to remind our viewers and listeners that uh, Slot Leader is an educational podcast and as such, we do not provide investment, financial, tax or legal advice. If you are a Cardano stakeholder who would like to support this podcast, you may do so by delegating your stake to our stake pool. Our tickers are SKY and SKY2 and we are very much under the saturation point which is great for those people who might be thinking about moving their stake um, before december 1st as you know every week i scan the news media um, landscape for you guys and uh, try to pick one or two stories that i find interesting and this week uh, we have abm crypto uh, which is a news media outlet for cryptocurrencies Reporting that the CEO of PayPal has uh, said that they will uh, start unrolling uh, the, uh, the uh, cryptocurrency payments on their network for their 28 million merchants around the world. Um, I think this is a significant event uh, even though it doesn't may not seem like that, uh, but I think it's uh, if you think about the 28 million merchants scattered all around the world using uh, cryptocurrencies as a method of payment, you can see that there could be an enormous uh, upward pressure and and demand for cryptocurrencies. And that's because uh, sending cryptocurrencies uh, uh, or using cryptocurrency networks as a method of payment uh, is much more efficient. And that's basically the hallmark of uh of uh, cryptocurrencies, even the slowest one, which is Bitcoin, uh, is much faster than than sending wires, for instance. So compared to traditional way of sending money, um, which uh is more expensive and takes more time, um, cryptocurrencies are a clear winner in this regard, and that that might explain the latest uh, price movement, parabolic price movement in uh in many many uh, cryptocurrencies that we've seen in this past week so um, so that's a news for you um, um, it, otherwise it's been quite quiet uh, in, in in this week but uh, hopefully we'll see some uh, interesting uh, events uh, next week the biggest news in the Cardano community came out of the recent AMA by Charles Hoskinson where he casually mentioned that we will have a uh, multi-asset uh, ledger um, uh, capabilities in Cardano as soon as February 2021 Um, This is a significant event because um, multi-asset ledgers means that uh, more than one token can can exist on Cardano's ledger. And um, it actually uh, makes it very easy for other tokens to migrate um, and build on Cardano. And uh, if you think about smart contract capabilities uh, in Ethereum, for instance, uh, the smart contract governs the way that the token uh, is transferred from one address to another. In, our, in Cardano, that is not uh, necessary. There is a script that governs its supply mechanism, its monetary policy. Um, and, and that's it in, in, in terms of uh, Ledger being able to send it and receive it. Um, uh, all of that is natively supported by the ledger itself. So uh, we don't need smart contract capabilities in order to have tokens on Cardano. And that would probably open up uh, the floodgates for um, every single developer out there who has been thinking about bringing his or her tokens onto the Cardano's ecosystem. I would like to introduce you to our special guest today. His name is Mark Stopka. He's a developer and a, a person who's been very actively involved in the Cardano community. Some might find him a little bit controversial because of his very open way of communicating with people. and um, uh, But nevertheless, he's uh, had a uh, quite an interesting idea of uh, creating a uh, uh, dCloud, which is a decentralized co- cloud service that would run ultimately on Cardano. In this special interview, we talk about his project and his experience in uh, as, as a consultant, an IT consultant with financial institutions and, and how he sees the integration of blockchain with uh, the financial backend of uh, banks when that happens eventually. So stay tuned. This is a great interview with him and uh, we covered a lot of interesting questions.
1: Uh, thank you for inviting me and uh, for having uh, for having giving me the opportunity to have this uh, discussion with you about uh, uh, my proposal for Idea Scale or Catalyst uh, about the DCloud and uh, about the possible applications of uh, blockchain in the enterprise industry, both permissioned and non-permissioned ledgers.
0: Perfect. Um, for those of uh, for for our viewers that may not be in the Cardano ecosystem, could you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Uh, I have uh, around uh, 11 years of professional IT experience with another maybe seven years of, uh, let's say, uh, uh, amateur experience. When, when, I, when I studied, I contributed to a lot of different open source projects. So I built my background uh, uh, there. Uh, I started working for, uh, for, my first job was for a Finnish company called Theato which is one of the largest European service providers. And the funny thing is that the company was founded as a as a joint venture between Finnish banks and uh, Finnish government uh, to procure and maintain the first Finnish mainframe computer back in the 70s. Perfect. After that, uh, I moved to uh, various uh, enterprise uh, hardware uh, providers, vendors, and I got the opportunity to work with uh, largest enterprises uh, around, uh, around the world, uh, including uh, financial institutions, insurance, pharmaceutical companies, logistics, you name it.
0: You have an impressive background. Um, I, I need to ask you this. Uh, why are you in uh, crypto and why Cardano? Uh,
1: I chose Cardano because uh, I like the scientific method that it, uh, that it uh, is, has built its foundation on. And I, I became, I, I joined crypto very early on, just as an experiment, just for fun. Then I forgot totally about it. And then I woke, and then I woke up in 2017 and I was like, wow, this industry has really, really changed. And I became active in the in the community, and uh, I started looking uh, for you know project past Bitcoin, and I, that's where I st- stumbled upon uh, Cardano and joined the ecosystem because I I see the possibilities that this technology can bring uh, to the transformation of society. And if you notice that the the global trend is uh, globalization, the global trend is uh, growth of population, increase of population density, and so on and so forth. So we need to develop the tools that will uh, enable us to function as a society, Without uh, that much friction that the current systems provide, uh, more efficient means of communication, um, more efficient uh, means of trade—you know, lower barrier to entries into several into certain industry industries and so on and so forth.
0: Now, um, the Cardano um, ecosystem has a treasury, and um, as far as I know, you applied to uh, fund your uh, project, which is called DCloud. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, DCloud?
1: Yeah, so uh, DCloud uh, is a proposal that I made, and uh, the the idea behind it is uh, that uh, currently you, you you look at enterprises and they they uh, transition lots of their IT workloads from on premise, their own data centers, into data centers uh, provided by a third party. Uh, but uh, the, the the market and the barrier to entry uh, to, to this to, the, to become a cloud service provider is so high that we may have like uh, five players uh, uh, who play the major league and maybe five other who play like the second league and I see this as a, as, as a major threat uh, to to you know, uh, free society, democracy, and so on and so forth. When you look at companies like Facebook with de-platforming, de- Google, YouTube deplatforming, platforming especially in this in this uh, COVID uh, crisis, we we've seen a lot of deplatforming platforming With the presidential elections, we have seen some censorship here and there, and so on and so forth. So the idea behind DCloud is is uh, that. Uh, we could do it uh, in a decentralized distributed way when we leverage blockchain and uh, and skills of uh, lots of uh, uh, let's say it it enthusiasts to to build a platform as solid as the one that, that is provided by amazon google and so forth and so on and so forth uh, while at the same time, uh, not, having, uh, not having a central authority that has the power to remove your YouTube video or censor your tweet and, and so on.
0: Now, um, this begs a couple of questions. Um, the first one is that I'm a user, I'm an end user. How does that affect me? What kind of benefits do I get from dCloud that I wouldn't be able to get from Amazon's and um, uh, apart from censorship? Let's say just uh, from a purely sort of uh, um utilitarian perspective do so i have anything me, f-
1: do i get anything yeah from from utilitarian perspective you, what you would get is a lower price as end consumer we can provide you with the same services that apple provides you with, with that google provides you with that amazon provides you with but they they work with margins uh, between 40 to 80 percent depending on the service we, If we distribute it, you, you can obviously see that the margins are big enough to split them in half and still make a lot of uh, IT enthusiasts uh, happy with the, with the money they are making from, from, by providing those services. And the end users uh, can save uh, uh, a significant amount of money on their Spotify subscription, Netflix subscription, and so on.
0: Oh, perfect. Um, now, the second question I had was with regards to uh, being um, uh, compliant with legal requirements, let's say, you know, um, with, uh, with uh, um, the Amazons of the world and the Googles of the world, uh, the fact that <clears throat> companies um, control these um, services, they will be able to take down illicit uh, incorrect or in uh, not incorrect but you know illicit um, uh, activities yeah. or illicit uh, images and whatnot will we have the same kind of
1: protections there and and uh, so there won't be there, there won't be this uh, well everything will be encrypted so it's it's implicit that uh, this level of uh, of of uh, Control, Let's say uh, will not be possible, but I'm working with a partner who actually is working on a platform uh, that would be built on, on 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 the foundation of the cloud for for user content and they are looking into very interesting ways of user curation and reputation based uh, Uh, systems and you know you can look even at the at at reddit and you have uh, this this uh uh, this notion of karma and so on and so forth and what you what you need to establish is uh, is some form of a strong digital identity so if you earn bad karma uh, it won't be cheap for you to come back as and and pretending uh, as that you are somebody else so, it, so, so, uh, it, it really it really comes to comes in the end to to uh, being able to identify the originator of the content and uh, tie it to his digital identity, which may not be. Uh, uh, which we may not be able to tie to his physical identity. So we may not be able to throw that uh, that particular malicious actor into prison, but we may prevent him from from uh, uh, further uh, illicit illicit activities. Now, um, the, the
0: notion of digital identity is a fascinating one. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And uh, one of the things that kind of um, fascinates me about digital identity uh, is that uh, you don't even have to have a, um, <clears throat> a, a, you don't have to link it to your physical um, um, identity yeah. as long as long as it has uh, assets attached to it. You know, we're talking about if you are a uh, uh, somebody who has digital identity um, and uh, you work really hard to build your credit score, for instance, Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you would think five times more to create another one or you know, to, to, to ruin that one. And, and the, the process of getting the second one should be hard. Um, so, uh, so that you couldn't have like a, a, a bad umid and a good umed kind of thing, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, so um, how do you solve that problem, that dilemma? Because that's one of the things that I struggle with. You know, why, why wouldn't I have five digital identities to begin with and then I could have different spectrum of behavior online based on whatever I want to be that day?
1: Yeah, well, so there, 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 there is a concept that has been crafted by a PGP, but never never took off. And it was a concept of, uh, of, of uh, social networks, right? Every single one of us has like, I don't know how it, it's for you, but for me, maybe 20 close friends who he trusts. And, you know, they have their karma or their, their assets, their, uh, their, their credit score and all that attached to that and if you build a social graph by, by signing identity of of different people by, by your friends who trust you uh if you create uh, uh, five different identities well i i bet that that umed the good won't sign uh, five identities of uh, mark bad <laughs> I see. Oh, I, I might yeah. sign one, but it, it is it is it is an area to explore and to experiment and to research. It's definitely not something that I would make a claim I have solved. Uh, I have I have ideas there. I, I I speak with a lot of people who have uh, ideas around that as well. And as DeFi grows, you mentioned credit score, that would be exactly something that you would want it to consolidate to one identity as opposed to uh, having it uh, spread across multiple identities. Because uh, uh, let's, let's be honest, uh, you're, you're, when, when you look at this credit score, the benefits of every single point, good point on your credit score, it's, it's not linear. It's, 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 it's growing faster than linearly. So, so you you you, lo- you you would lose a lot by having multiple. I could imagine for myself having two identities, but not five.
0: Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the 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 solution of, of involving other people, I think, is is uh, is is an interesting one, at least because I can see that uh, creates friction, at least for Facebook, um, because you know I. If there was a second Facebook, I wouldn't go there because I don't have my friends there, right? So it just becomes like a uh, a reputational sort of or, or the network. Your network is right there, and you can't unless these people single handedly basically decide to move into another platform. Uh, there's no utility for for you to to go and and uh, do it at, at, at a different different place, unless you started the whole thing with two different identities and build it from there uh, from the beginning. But uh, most of us, I think, you know. Uh, would struggle to keep one identity actually in, in and uh yeah <laughs> so um yeah that, that that's that's great so um if if i understood it correctly so the dcloud d- um brings in the same benefits as uh your um average cloud service um and uh and it would be cheaper because it will run on a decentralized network and uh, how does well, that
1: there, there, there would be greater competition right Mm-hmm. We, we currently live in a world of, uh, when it comes to cloud services, in an oligopoly of three major players, uh, two major players for corporates, that, bring, that, that, that makes the major league, as I said, of five. And then we have these five other niche players. Uh, in, in, in the D-Cloud environment, while there would be just one D-Cloud, uh, there would be a marketplace of uh, service providers who would compete with one another uh, for their margins, for their profitability, for their uh, uh, reputation. Uh, if, if you ever heard the concept of service level agreements, Mm-hmm. So that that would uh, I I would also introduce we, we also plan to introduce the service level agreements concept uh, uh, later on uh, uh, as the platform grows and gains adoption. But that's really something that that uh, we would uh, be looking at when when we would start looking at that enterprise use as well.
0: Yes. So um for Cardano um how does does your project benefit Cardano? I I, I remember you mentioned that. Uh, we will, uh, you will run uh, on on the native token, which is ADA. So um, naturally, I, I'm assuming it will create demand for ADA. Is that right? Yeah.
1: So so for first, uh, we, uh, the the plan is for it to be a decentralized autonomous organization. The entire structure of the of the DAO would be running on Cardano as a mainnet, as a as a smart contract, or series of smart contracts. So that, that brings transactions because every time we vote on something we need to decide something whatever uh, that, that, that would be a transaction on, on, on Cardano network. In addition to that, we would uh, be, we wouldn't be uh, inventing our own payment token. We would be using uh, uh, ADA or uh, uh, and and uh, uh, once uh, there is a stable coin uh, the, the, the 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 let's say uh, native stable coin of cardano okay so 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 that w- that would increase demand for that and for the network so that, that uh, brings
0: in- me to a question uh, about um, so I'm sorry if I cut you off but I, I think it's it's important to uh, to realize what the uh, um, the governance structure is going to be is, is is there going to be a bunch of people who will decide on this is it going to be uh, uh, a DAO that will uh, and will allow anybody to uh, become part of the uh, organization and vote on these uh, issues that will uh, you know be important for this uh, for these uh, series of contracts. And how uh, how would you uh, you know scale that voting? Is it going to be by uh, the number of ADA you hold, or who, who's going to do so, those
1: things? So, so we, we will have our own uh, governance token, which will be a native asset on Cardano. Okay. Uh, And uh, the way to get that uh, token is either by contributing to the project by uh, doing research, writing code, uh, being uh, a a service provider, and maybe in the future by being also a customer.
0: Okay, so that, that basically takes care of the genesis distribution, is that
1: right? basically already people who contributed. We have a closed repository on GitHub and we already have some Genesis distribution. And uh, let me be honest, I wasn't very generous to myself.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, that's a hallmark of, uh,
1: of, a, of a humble leader, I guess. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, basically, the, the number two has about 1,000 token less than I have. OK, <laughs> OK. No, that 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 that's interesting. I mean, we uh, just
0: basically wanted to to get a, a sense of how the governance would work here, and uh, and uh, you know, if if I am a corporation, I want to uh, build something on
1: it. I would like to know who makes the decisions um, that that yeah, would be important. It's 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 definitely something that uh, we won't get right from day one, uh, but we will we will be scaling the DAO. Uh, Proportionally with the network growth and so on and so forth, uh, while in at the same time, a project catalyst is going on and we and and they will be doing series of experiments, we will be doing series of experiments, we then can consolidate all that knowledge and and outputs from those experiments and take take a bunch of behavioral economists game theorists and, you know, go to the drawing board and uh, and really really uh, look into that, because there is a thing. Uh, we, If we look at providing services to, uh, uh, co- 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 uh, to, to, to end consumers, uh, like yourself or myself, we are looking at a time frame of six months, really having a minimum viable product in six months. That would be an equivalent of Google Drive, OneDrive, iCloud. Uh, when we look at the, at the actual enterprise use, and by that I mean uh, replacing Office 365 uh, that uh, corporations are using now, that's, we are looking at a timescale of 5 to 10 years. So there will be plenty of time to transition from this messy DAO into uh, very well-crafted, tested, and resilient decentralized autonomous organization that uh, enterprises can trust. I see. How does the uh,
0: DAO make its money in order to? Uh, do you have a, a a plan to be self-sustainable? How is it going? Yes, to that, that, there is a
1: plan. There is a plan to be self-sustainable. I would like it to be within within two years, and basically we will charge the we will charge the part of the of the fees that the consumers pay to the service providers. Uh, and place it into the DAO the, and instead of those 20%, the service provider gets those governance tokens. So then he gains the power to decide uh, what will happen with that money. And if his proposal will be, well, give me the money, I cannot imagine many other people voting the same way.
0: I see, I see, perfect. Now I wanna change gears right now. I know that you've been working um, in uh, you know, in, in the uh, intersection of, of traditional finance um, and, uh, and blockchain. Maybe, no, you, you've been working with uh, traditional financial institutions. And I would like to basically cover the qu- two questions here for the remainder of the re- interview. And the first one is, um, could you tell us about uh, your experience working with financial institutions um, as somebody who's been um, uh, involved in the IT and the back end? Uh, side of things and and the compliance side of things Um, and tell me if there are you know what what the opportunities and challenges are um, when it comes to integration integration with a blockchain and the second question is going to be about uh, enterprise blockchain Uh, do you think it's viable where is it going Um, how can the cardano ecosystem um, uh, shape itself in order to uh, grab that value if there is any value
1: yeah so uh Enterprises look at the blockchain uh, since 2017 so when it hit. Well, that, there were some who, who looked into it even even before, but then they discovered that if they change their name uh, uh, in, uh, on on the stock exchange uh, to include blockchain, their their stocks go up <laughs> <laughs> overnight by 200 percent or whatever the case was. I but the serious that. but but the serious enterprises uh, started looking into how how they could leverage that and. Uh, you know, currently the, the, there is a big elephant in the room in the finance industry called, you know, uh, SEPA, which is a single Europe, European uh, uh, settlement system for, for, for transactions. There is SWIFT, which is expensive to run. Uh, so so these are applications which banks are really, really like. I, I would say, you know... W- always, always there is this uh, uh, blockchain, but not crypto. And uh, yeah. for, 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 for financial institutions, it's, it, it applies uh, uh, very much, but I even see this narrative changing because uh, there is a common misconception in crypto communities that uh, low interest rates by central banks are gift to the banks. Banks hate low interest rates. Of course. It, it, it hurts their margins. It basically puts them out of business so so i can now even see some 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 bankers talking about you know what it would be better if we went to the bitcoin standard because then there would be market rates and then and not not what what the what the politician demanded uh like like we've seen this the the large drops of interest rates uh after after the hit right yeah Uh, when it comes to blockchains itself they, they see it uh they they see it as a as a way to cooperate and set boundaries when, when working with one another. Yeah. And uh, as, as, as much as I hate SWIFT when I need to make an international payment, the banks themselves, hate swift for that except for those few founding members of swift who who are the ones who take those large uh, large margins every time somebody makes the make, makes the, the 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 swift payment in addition to that uh in, in in finance there is a big regulatory uh a burden big big regulatory overhead blockchain can solve that uh, not not by itself but blockchain in combination with Uh, industries that would not exist without blockchain like zero-knowledge cryptography. It was invented in like 1988 by the founder of Algorand, but uh, nobody, nobody cared about it except for a few mathematicians. Uh, until until Z, uh, Zcash uh, came along, and they used zero-knowledge snarks to add privacy to, to to cryptocurrency, and now it's a blooming blooming industry that you know uh, can can help us uh, with with lots of lots of other things. So combination of zero-knowledge cryptography uh, and uh, permissioned and unpermissioned ledgers uh, can can really uh, reduce friction. I don't know if you've ever been uh, involved in a merger and acquisition transaction, but I've been involved in one that I can make public. Uh, I think it was in 2015, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, Ely, and Novartis were exchanging divisions. I was a consultant uh, for one of these three companies. And you wouldn't believe the amount of paperwork and the and the and the burden of uh, you know proving that the uh, assets uh, are owned that should be that should yeah who owns the asset where it should be transferred and so on and so forth. We worked 16-hour days, sometimes 20. Uh, with and, and it wasn't just you know us the the consultants we also needed some people from from the board to you know at at three in the morning hey you need to sign this because we need to send it within an hour to the to the uh, to the counterparty of this transaction and and this is where where blockchain brings the, the level of transparency where you simply you know would do a zero knowledge uh, roll-up snark that says these assets belongs to uh, to this division and uh, you know sign it and hand it over and instead of a three month uh, transition that cost them uh, m- tens of millions of dollars uh, the cost could be 1 2 million easily and uh, you know you you have a you have a, redic- a reduction in cost by a factor of 10
0: yes so i mean i, I keep thinking about that night in a um um can't quite make the case for a, an enterprise blockchain because um, in my mind if, if one company owns the blockchain they own the uh, right um, you know uh, rights right so they can they can write it and and, and that uh, takes away from the immutability which is a selling point of blockchain now and um, I can see that there might be a, a use case for uh, consortiums of, of banks or um Bunch of companies getting together and saying that, "Hey, we need this," and and something like that exists actually in, in Wall Street. You know, for instance, every time you buy your shares and sell your shares, uh, some 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 custodian. And there is, is a
1: centralized. There is a centralized. Uh, a company that facilitates the, the exchange, and there is a, a centralized depository of uh, of uh, value paper, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, so so every time there is a transaction, you don't you don't record it every time because there's millions of transactions per second these days, right? For each yeah. each one uh, share, so what happens is that at, at every end of the day or at some known interval, um, all the banks basically send their ledgers, and then th- this this company basically rec- reconciles everything. I, I can see the the, the you know a, a private blockchain for companies like that for banks for whoever wants to be uh, in in uh, in, in, a, in a you know it's specific to a business let's say insurance companies or whoever um, that would have these kind of uh, you know transactions or need for these kind of transactions to, to talk to each other but not have to divulge all the interests so I mean that's that's basically the thing right so you the the reason why the banks uh, decide to uh, to give it trust the third party is because they own that party all together yeah. and uh you know there's an arm, arms length tra- you know sort of uh, transactions yeah. between them so um but yeah but beyond that i think you know if you want to take it to the extreme you know want to you, you want to basically say i i just don't want to deal with the infrastructure at all i mean you you'd probably be better off just uh outsourcing the whole thing to an op- open blockchain especially if you are a uh, a, a developing country which has nothing uh, right. So if, if you have turnkey solutions for these kind of uh, types of things, you know, um, then you, you might have, a, a, you know, a good use case for uh, platforms like Cardano.
1: There is a there is a tremendous value in that for for, as you mentioned, uh, 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 emerging markets so like uh, developing developing nations, uh, be it post-Soviet countries. Uh, that are not yet members of the EU, or be it African countries or some some uh, Southeast Asian countries. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, in addition to that, uh, uh, look at the cooperatives, right? We see a race of socialism, in, uh, at least at the, in, in, the, in the political area, and the, the idea behind socialism. Uh, if, if you if you strip it down to to, to, the, to the true uh ideology and not what uh, what all the corrupt uh corruption did with that is to basically have a co- cooperative of, of employees who, who basically basically create dao uh with, with 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 some rules where everyone is equal well my dao there is not everyone equal you do mo- more work you get more tokens so you get more power but 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 this this is another use case for for the public ledgers Uh, but there also is the is the other side of the coin where uh, you as a government want to maintain you know you know uh, it's it's one thing are uh, public uh, speeches that politicians made about everything being transparent open and so on and then there is the reality when they actually want uh, some level of secrecy and privacy uh which they could not achieve even if they would be using uh, uh top notch cryptography that we have available at at this time and that's where they look uh, uh to the, to the to the private ledgers uh, the, the permissioned ones and there is also the notion of uh, adversary imagine you are a small african country of uh, 10 million residents and gdp per capita of 5000 us dollars and you uh uh Make angry some big nation state like China. Uh, if it's a, if it's going to be a public uh, non-permissioned ledger, China couldn't launch an attack that basically cuts you off from that from the public ledger. Because they have that much power because not by themselves, but they join but they use their political influence over other countries to join them in that joint effort of cutting you off, just like it works with uh, international sanctions and so on and so forth. So yes so- but, I, but I have a hard time believing that
0: your uh, public ledger would be more susceptible than a private ledger because the, the public na- uh, ledger by its uh, definition is going to be uh, you know, the nodes that run it, could be anywhere in the world, and you wouldn't be able to like identify all of them, and then start
1: doing DDoS. Um, yeah, it, but you could you could cut off the entire country from the internet, and it, it happened several times. Yeah, so it's that's different that's different actually countries. the
0: selling point of a public ledger, right? Building on public ledger because
1: uh, if if you no because all, if because all the servers you, are
0: inside, then you wouldn't want to have a a, a a you know a well, it, uh, it, because it, there's it, infrastructure choke points. Then you can yeah, I can see that. Oh, so so so.
1: First, you know, uh, it's if we look at it today, and you know, we are exploring the the, the ways of rena and uh, redesigning the internet architecture. But today, cutting off a country uh, from the internet, they, they can either do it themselves or somebody else can do it for them. But it it it's not very 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 hard to do if you are a, a, a if you are a nation state, yeah, and you and you can tell your telco provider uh, what to do. Uh, so, if you have a private le- pr- private permission system running within your country that is connected to your to other countries, your neighbors and trade partners, and so on, uh, the the malicious actor could uh, disconnect you from your trade partners, but at least you will be able to facilitate the transactions that you need within your local authority. I see you yeah, on a public ledger with, yes. with, with, with the with the current with 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 the current design and ways of the internet, they could cut you off even from you know simply moving money within within your own borders. So, yeah. so, so I mean that
0: option stays today even right? Yeah. If 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 that risk isn't something that's going to be pertinent to blockchain in particular, no, it, I it's mean, something that is how already. Ma- how exists. many
1: countries got got to cut off from SWIFT by U.S. sanctions, right?
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, Mark, uh, we are hitting our, uh, you know, a lot of time. It was great talking to you. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mark um, uh, Stopka. He is an active member in um, our Cardano community. He runs a pool, uh, his partner runs a pool, Dolka. And, um, you know, it was great having you here. If you have any last words, please do uh, go ahead.
1: Uh, I thank you for inviting me. I think it was was great talking to you and I hope the audience uh, appreciates our discussions and hopefully see you in some next episode. And I wish you more and more subscribers. Thank you so much.
0: This marks the end of our episode today. I hope you like the interview and the type of content that we're putting together. And if you do, please do not forget to subscribe, like or comment on our videos. It really helps us a lot to build awareness about Slot Leader. I'm your host, Umed Saidov, and uh, I will see you next time.